1: The sports bar with Danger and
2: Battaglia. You know, basically wanted to get to some other styles of play as opposed to the quicker and upper tempo no huddle. You know, just some things that we can look at and, and
1: examine as we move forward. Really more than thing. Mike Danger.
0: It is the assumption of rational coaching. I think Sean McDermott's in over his head. It wouldn't shock me if Sean Payton came in and out coached him on Monday night as well. Just knowing that he's coaching scared. Gene
1: Battaglia. is gloomy as it looks right now for this Buffalo Bills team. The Bills should win Monday night and then you cannot tell me that Zach Wolfson is going to come in and do a number on the team. Things will look better two weeks from now. This is the league danger. Up, down, up, down. Broncos country. Let's run. 3-2 the final. Carolina victorious in overtime. After closing for election day, the NBA returns tonight with a full schedule. Second edition of the college football playoff rankings were released last night. What Connor Stallions was up to. FM and AM 950, The Fan,
0: Rochester. You're back in the sports bar, Danger and Bataglia. Glad you're with us for some sports talk in the Flower City at 95.7 FM, AM 950. We sound our best in the free-to-download Odyssey app. We've got our video stream up as well. Don't forget to like and subscribe at The Fan, Rochester, on YouTube and Twitch. We appreciate you helping us grow our community online. As when we get to 1,000 combined subscribers, Gino and I will uh, perform our rendition of Benny Mardonis' Yacht Rock staple yeah. into the night, live on stage, likely at Three Heads, for a Friday Football Talk Live.
1: Yeah, and all we can tell you is that it's going to be exciting at Three Heads on the 17th. So. Oh, yeah, a week
0: yeah. a week from Friday, our next Friday Football Talk Live with our friends with Three Heads on Atlantic Avenue. We hope you uh, make it make it out to one of our live shows this football season. It'll be Jets week, and it's funny. PJ likes the Jets Against the Raiders this weekend, are you comfortable taking the Jets and the points against the Raiders?
1: Well, if you notice, PJ, he likes to go when the sine wave is kind of going up and down. He looks for spots. Yeah, that's it. And I I do think, unless you're one of these top teams, let's say Philadelphia, for instance, or Kansas City, like for everybody else. And unfortunately, I think the Bills are in the sine wave. Win, loss, win, loss. You notice that's been the pattern here yeah. ever since uh, the Miami game. That's the way it's been going here. Uh, ergo, like you'd like their chances on the sine wave to be against the Broncos. Um, yeah, it's <laughs> certainly uh, PJ knows his stuff. Um, any
0: any nerves knowing that he's he's
1: not really on the Bengals in this spot? It's uh, <laughs> it is one of those like you get the the, the Ravens on Thursday sort of uh-huh. deals, uh-huh. but. It's a look-ahead spot. It's a look-ahead spot, but I think... who do you Who's the defensive coordinator for the Bengals? Lou Anarumo! Right, well, that's another one we could say there. Damn. I think that Lou Anarumo will have his team ready against the rookie Ma,
0: Remember about? that one for next week when we have him on, because by, by next week we'll be talking about getting into Week 11 in
1: that Thursday night that game. game right. So we'll, we'll get him on Lou Anarumo. How did they not flex anything this week? And they didn't flex Vikings Broncos the following week. That's going to be your Sunday night game. What are we doing? Yeesh. Here's my theory on what we're doing here at Danger. Okay. The NFL's got their money. It, it's on the network. There's a cost involved for everyone when it comes to changing flights and changing hotels and changing this and changing that. If we don't need the flex, you're going to get – Jets Raiders and you're going to like it. You're going to watch. We know you're going to watch whatever it is. So this idea the NFL is going to flex. That's only a break glass in case of emergency. Otherwise we'd be seeing something better than Jets Raiders on Sunday. We are just full-blown
0: junkies. We are absolute addicts. Okay. The, the fact that a bad game still commands our attention. The the fact that I spent my Monday night watching that s show between the Jets and the Chargers and didn't even think twice about it, actually kind of enjoyed it, even though it was really bad. It goes to what you're saying, man. It goes exactly to what you're saying, and the NFL knows it. We are
1: junkies. The test is tomorrow night. I'm saying... I'm going to avoid Bears Panthers. I don't need it. I don't like either team. Both teams are bad. They're really not playing for anything. No, and you shouldn't. I hope you don't need this game in any such way for fantasy.
0: You're going to watch it anyways, aren't you?
1: No, I'm going to try to wean myself off of this.
0: Ah, uh, boy. Uh, uh, I'll Panthers watch it.
1: Panthers Bears, but
0: watch anyways. <laughs> uh let's get to some takes on tap here as we have joe Yurdin standing by about 20 minutes from now we'll talk some nhl we'll talk some buffalo sabers
1: mike danger you are a great programmer you're a great friend but above all things i think you pride yourself in being a great dad right greatest that's, accomplishment ever that's it we all want to be great dads mm-hmm. we may kind of like in our career do what we can but if i can look back in my life and say you know what I did okay in this area, right? We want to be good dads. Just I, if
0: you're not looking at your life, if you have kids and you're not looking at your kids as your greatest accomplishment, I don't know what I don't know what to say.
1: Yeah, and I would imagine too. I remember thinking, boy, when I'm a dad someday, I'm I'm gonna you know sink my teeth into this and everything. <laughs> this story from the NFL. I'm not sure this is the way I would have handled this. This goes back to last Tuesday. What was last Tuesday? It was Halloween. Everybody remember that? Mm-hmm. You remember what happened that day in sports? Well, we didn't know what happened that day in sports until we woke up the next morning. That was the day. Raiders owner Mark Davis had enough. He fired head coach Josh McDaniels. The sidebar story that McDaniels said something about the Patriots and got everybody. It was like, okay, you're out of here. (laughs)
0: Don't talk negative about the the Patriots. Okay.
1: Well, comes this story, courtesy of The Athletic. What happens after? Well, McDaniels goes home, and this is Pacific Coast time, right? And your evening hours. He gets home, and he calls his four children, or he gets a hold of them somehow, And tells them, come home. Daddy has some news. They're little kids. They were out trick-or-treating. You couldn't wait until the next morning? Danger, just imagine this in your mind. This is such a sad thought. Little Elsa or little Spider-Man, whatever they're dressed up at. Favorite day of the year, going out and getting candy. No, 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 kids. Come on home. Daddy got fired. Yeah, that's
0: that's a narcissism that goes... It's unquantifiable like this is all about me i know this is your favorite night of the year but come home and wallow with me in my failure i'm coming home cloak my here's my halloween costume i am cloaked in failure children gather around and join me in my failures leave your candy behind this isn't about you this is about me
1: and my failure you need to wait until the next morning I'm sorry, like, call, th- teach your kids however you want, but let them have that night. Jesus,
0: yes, of course. And by the way, like, why burden them with your failures? Why burden them with your stresses? From work, it's one thing to talk about your day. It's another thing to put the stress of, look, I grew up in a house in a household that didn't have a lot. We didn't have a lot. My dad bounced from radio job to radio job and kind of went where the opportunity led him, which meant that we were never really well off, never really saved for my future, never really did anything. But one thing I could say about my dad, he never let the stress of all of that fall on me. He never put that on me. As far as I was concerned, we were fine. There was nothing wrong with, with our life, with him moving from job to job or me moving from town to town. None of that really mattered. He never put that burden on me. And I thank him for that. I know that, that that's gotta be that that the life of a coach, especially in the NFL, not for long, That you're you're going to face these adversities. And, And Josh McDaniels, every opportunity he's gotten as a head coach has been a failure why do you got to bring your kids into it
1: why do you got to ruin their night with your failure i i don't understand. that i don't well that might be my my favorite that's not the right word but i've had i've got another story when it comes to parenting and or being a father do you remember the adam Gay story i I mean other than he looks like he murders pets yeah or like he's following the you know the taco around there in that (laughs) meme So Adam Gase, before he became the head coach of the Jets, uh, was the the offensive coordinator of the Broncos. And funny how, like, wow, Peyton Manning, he's so great. We need his coordinator. No, the coordinator did nothing to do with it. That was Peyton Manning. Okay, now you realize. Okay, so when he's the offensive coordinator... In Denver, his wife is expecting. What a coach's wife she was. Because yeah. not only did she schedule the C-section, she scheduled it on the team's off day, on a Tuesday. Just so Adam Gates could be there on a Tuesday. So, full stop right there, okay? I don't know how many of us and how many wives would say, you know what, to work around your schedule, we're going to be cut open that day. I'm going to be cut open like a turkey, and the baby will be delivered. It's a, It's a pretty egotistical thing to ask for that
0: that's some serious ego at play it gets worse
1: or better depending on your perspective here <laughs> so adam case his, his wife okay she's delivering it's a tuesday it's a tuesday morning she goes in and he's there and it's about 12 30 he's been there an hour and he says okay, hon, we good? We good here. We good? Literally said, we good? Okay, I got to get back. And Peyton Manning is back at the facility watching tape. and walks at him He's like, what are you doing here? Your wife just gave birth. You didn't think I would let you win this one, buddy? Oh, my gosh. Football coach, no. No, like, Tony Dungy was right in some ways. Like, hey, you got to have some balance here. But, To me, that is – and where's Adam – I don't even know where Adam Gase is now. Where's Adam Gase's wife? Are they still together
0: after that? Like, I have to imagine that put a little bit of a strain on their relationship. I just gave birth, but you're meeting with Peyton Manning uh, the day of our child's birth because you didn't want to give him a meeting? You didn't want to give up a meeting with Peyton Manning? Come
1: on. Well, okay. So I just look at – first of all, uh, Adam Gase is – he hasn't coached since the Jets let him go. Really? And he is married to Jennifer Vitt. V-I-T-T. Name ring a bell. Um, The daughter of former NFL linebacker Joe Vitt. Joe Vitt was the interim coach of the Saints during Bounty Game. remember that. So... She grew up, I guess, in a household and is used to this sort of okay. culture. So I guess that's the secret. If you want to be crazy, coach, and I'm going to give you one hour, hon, you know, to give birth, I got to get back. You better find somebody who grew up in that environment. I, I think there's some truth to that.
0: Uh, I married somebody who's in the radio industry, partially because I knew that everybody I dated outside of the radio industry prior to meeting my wife did not understand. The job didn't understand the hours, didn't understand the appearances, the the, everything that goes into what we do just completely, (laughs) you know, it took me meeting somebody in the industry who got it the way I got it. For me to say, all right, this is somebody I can settle down with and not have to worry about the stress of the long hours or the late nights or being here or being there, being committed to every day, being on the air at a specific time. So I I get that. And and so she's got a a different perspective than most wives would have. Um, In that case, I guess, Joe, you know, uh, Adam Gase is probably... Good on Adam Gase for reading the defense there in advance and saying, hey, we good? Because I got, I got a meeting. Yeah, hon, we're good. They're just going to scoop my inside, sew me back up, and uh, I'll I'll get this bonding with the, the newborn uh, on my own. No,
1: no problem. Okay, I look at Peyton Manning as like a workaholic himself. If he's saying, what are you doing Yeah, here, he's a psycho, you know. yeah. for sure. Speaking of
0: Peyton Manning, I don't know if you saw this, Gino. The Manning cast numbers this season are down and down as low as 5.74% of the total Monday night football audience this season. They're flirting with less than a million viewers per broadcast. What could it be? Have the Mannings lost their appeal? Are the guests just not as compelling? Do they even need the guests? Are the matchups not appealing? I'm going to say no to all. This is something that we've discussed often here in the sports bar novelty has a shelf life, and you can't live on a steady diet of dessert. Dessert, in this instance, is one hour of Arnold Schwarzenegger petting his donkey. Initially, we all loved the idea of the Red Wings becoming the plates. Remember that? It was a massive draw. Sold Every, out a Thursday night. Everybody yeah. came out. It sold out a Thursday night. But now Thursday games, where the team assumes the identity of our town's signature cuisine, kind of feels like... Any other game, right? Now, I'll give a disclaimer here. We love the Red Wings, and maybe the numbers say otherwise. Becoming the plates remains good for business. I'm not being critical. I am going to say that the Manning cast was a novel idea that really got beat into the ground thanks to the repetition of the broadcast. It's there, but it's no longer special. Do it with less frequency. I would suggest do it with less guests where the Manning cast actually becomes the event that it originally launched as, and you'll see more eyeballs go its way. Yeah, I suggested less guests, less Mm. Arnold Schwarzenegger petting his donkey. It's more interesting when you hear those two guys breaking down what's going on during the game.
1: But how would that then just put them on and get rid of uh, the two guys that are calling the game? Why hasn't the network actually done that where we're going to have two announcers, but call this like from our couch and be like, what what the heck? You need somebody that is going to be like, I always thought like Charles Barkley was the guy that could pull something off like this. Like, what is he thinking? What are are we doing? No, what I
0: like is it when you have a guest on who can contribute to what you're, what you're talking about, like talking about the game and breaking down the game and, and explaining why the game is going the way it's going. You can have a guest on, but don't lose sight of the fact that you're still watching a game. Now, granted, the Jets chargers game wasn't a good game it was just poorly played football and you can you can't really go full negative you have to be kind of political in that regard when you're doing the broadcast but i'm telling you the the novelty of this is worn off and for them to get it back my
1: solution is do it less often well i'm gonna go counter to that Part of the problem, I think, is, hey, it's there, it's there, it's not there. It's there, it's there, it's not there. Like, if you and I did, like, hey, one week on, one week off, people would be like, what the heck? Are those guys taking vacation all the time? Like, no, you've got to be there for people – every week you can't just be picking your spots like that
0: right well i i think that is part of the problem too i think the inconsistency is part of it but if you knew when you saw the schedule here are the big games and you can look at the schedule and injuries change everything like originally jets chargers probably looked like a great game aaron Rodgers, justin herbert what's what's not to love about that matchup obviously things change and and now you've got to try and you know make something out of this this pile of dung over here this that that ends up on your Monday night football schedule. I I, I worry that the novelty, the shine has worn off and, and that we as a society we're very quick. You know, we 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 lose we enjoy the dessert while we have it, but we need we need some meat from time to time. Mm-hmm. We need a little bit of protein. And I don't know that we're getting it anymore with the Manning cast. And and maybe maybe Arnold Schwarzenegger petting his donkey for the hour that he was on is, is that jump the shark moment for the Manning cast where they can recognize and be like, how do we correct this?
1: Well, uh, to me, I'm going to say problem. Number one is you you can't take two weeks off right at the get go week one bills jets. Then you're not back to week four for Seahawks giants, which wasn't entertaining. Week five, week six. You're off week eight. You're off week 12. You're off. They're doing this week though. Broncos bills. I haven't Mm -hmm. seen the guest list. Oh, I, I think the guest list is irrelevant. I don't really
0: care no, about I the care, guest list. No. I, I want to hear those guys talk about what's happening on the field and why it's happening on the field. That's what made it interesting. That's what drew us in. And then when you can get guests that can further that conversation – the, the problem is, is that everybody has something to promote, usually. Like, oh, why are you here? You're promoting something. And you have to eventually get to that. But I like it when you can get football fans or football ex-players or current players on talking about what they're saying. Candid moments where they're saying the things that you wouldn't expect them to say about the game that's happening right there. It just feels like it's lost a little
1: bit of its shine. I, I get why the numbers are down. You didn't like Arnold with his doc either? It might be the jump to shark moment. Yeah, for the it, could, it could be. Yeah. Uh, I, I have a snobbery take cause I, I have to preface this cause whenever danger says I criticize an announcer, he says, Oh, you're being a snob."
0: It's a tough gig. It is. You
1: know it. I know it. It's a tough gig. Now you
0: have, you have the right to be a play by play snob. This is your passion.
1: You are a passionate play by play guy. You know, and and, and look who I'm going to criticize here. I don't near his level, but this is the story here. It's a story today. Now, Before I give you the story today, I'm just going to say Miss Doc Emmerich on hockey. I think he was great. I appreciate his effort. He brought something to it. And you know what he did, right? He knew when it was time. He left right at the top. So we weren't saying, man, Doc Emmerich, he's lost some off his fastball. I've never heard anybody say that. He walked away when he knew it was time. He's enjoying his life. By contrast, this brings me to the story today. Andrew Marchand in the New York Post speaking with... Al Michaels, Al is not retiring anytime soon. Quote, as far as I'm concerned, I'm doing it next year. There's no question about that in my mind. Look, what's the angle here? He doesn't need the money, right? Al's made money 10 times over. Is he doing this for fun? Because that's the case, it sounds like he's not having any fun here. I, yeah, I'm not at the point,
0: though, where I'm going to say that Al has lost something off the fastball. He's not what he was. None of us are as we get older. Um, he, I don't consider him to be the best in the game right now. I, I think that that probably goes to Buck and Aikman. I think they're still the best booth in the game right now. Um, but I, I don't listen to Al and think this is. You know, Grumpy Al is unlistenable. It's almost like Grumpy Al adds a little personality to it that I kind of dig. Like I'm, I'm gonna watch tomorrow. If even if you don't, Gene, I will. Oh, Al is gonna be. Bitter, I want to hear what he has angry, to say. Yeah, yeah. I want to hear uh, how angry he gets, how bitter he gets, how much <laughs> snark comes out of Al's mouth. That'll be fun for me. And you can get away with it on Prime. You can get away with a lot more on Prime than I think you can on ESPN, on NBC, on CBS. So I, I. I I hear what you're saying, and we're, we're critical. And Al can be a little bit grumpy, and it comes through sometimes
1: in his broadcast. He just doesn't sound like he's having fun. Well, the, the, yeah, the, the guy that, and he actually mentioned it, Summerall. Like all stayed too long, where at the part we like, "Oh my gosh, she's not speaking well here," and right. like finally that was time. But yeah, Al's Al was, not there. Al, Al is not there, but Al is grumpy for sure. He is absolutely grumpy.
3: It's hard to tell what the crowd is right now. I, I think mainly Raiders, a little bit, but they, you have a a PD announcer here who incessantly screams <laughs> whose house," and he wants him to. Well, no, no, I hate it. He wants to <laughs> say he wants them to say Rams house, but as far as the
2: Raiders are concerned, well, this is kind of like their Airbnb.
1: I,
0: I love Herb Street. <laughs> the the uh, ever positive, Kirk. Herb Street, go. I love it. No, I hate it. <laughs> Incessantly chanting, in "Who's house?" I hate it. And the Raiders here. There's no home field, home field advantage. The Raiders are here. This is their. This is where they they belong.
1: Oh God, it's great. And the thing I like about Al, like this, the story, and this is true from what I heard. Like we've all heard of, like the you know the story of like the musician who, hey, my contract says only green M and M's. Okay. Al is delivered a steak at every halftime. I go love without. that the guy has never
0: eaten a vegetable. That he is a proud, he's a proud guy who says, "Yeah, vegetables are are unappealing. They're offensive to me. I won't eat a vegetable." He's never eaten a vegetable. Gene, can you imagine going through your life never eating a vegetable? It goes against everything. He's offended by like he finds carrots offensive. I'm not eating a vegetable. Potato, get that out of here. I I that that's a quirk that is gonna to be tough to beat. I've never eaten a vegetable. How is he still with us? It's amazing. That, yeah. It's amazing. All right, Joe Yurden, bleacher report. Uh, the the the, uh, the podcast with uh, Lance Lysowski, Maintenance Day. Man, can't wait to get Joe on. Talk some Sabres, talk some NHL. It's been a minute. So Joe yurdin joins us next in the Sports Bar. Danger and Bataglia with you on the Sports Leader. 95.7 FM and AM 950, The Fan, Rochester.
3: Odyssey has sports for every fan. Keep up with your favorite teams from across the country and get the inside scoop from experts. A-U-D-A-C-Y, Odyssey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. The Fan
1: Rochester Sports Update. Buffalo Bills players off today. Practice will resume tomorrow as the Broncos will be the opponent on Monday night. Steve Tasker today on One Bills Live says... This Bills team still has it in them.
2: I believe the guys in the, in the locker room and on the roster right now are good enough to beat anybody. But I, it's not like these guys lack the ability to win any game they get into. I think they can. They just are not hitting on all cylinders. And some of it's Josh, but some of it's not. And you're just not playing their best football right
4: now.
1: To the Sabres, who get the one point in Carolina last night. Next up, it's Minnesota on Friday night. We'll talk some hockey next. Joe Yurden from the Bleacher Report joining us in the Sports Bar. Busy night in the NBA. 14 games, including rookie Victor Wenbanyama playing at MSG against the Knicks. we got St. John Fisher basketball tonight. Hobart is the opponent. Our coverage will begin at 7 o'clock. Gene Bataglan, the sports leader, 95.7 FM and AM 950. The Fan Rochester. Top Shelf Sports Talk. You're hanging out in the sports bar with Danger and Bataglia on the Sports Leader, 95.7 FM and AM 950, The Fan, Rochester.
2: Yeah, I thought uh, UPL was real good. I thought we cleared a lot out again. Uh, Shot selection was easier for him to read, I believe. Uh, But he was solid, and what a goal by Deline to tie it up. And what an environment, what a great atmosphere this is. Um, Has a real playoff atmosphere feel, a lot of intensity, and I thought our guys uh, responded very well to it to the point that, uh, you know, there's a bitter taste in their mouth. Uh, They know they can play better even. Uh, And there was plenty of good things and also plenty of things that uh, we can, we can make uh, adjustments.
0: Loser point for the Sabres last night in Carolina. Head coach Don Granato there game. We are joined now by Joe Yurden of Bleacher Report and the Maintenance Day podcast. Talk some Sabres, talk some NHL. Joe, we are uh, at the, this point of the season, the Sabres at, at 500, kind of, kind of like performing up to expectation, if you were to ask me.
2: Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I, I, I think this is right about uh, the, the level that I would expect them to be at because I mean, you know it's amazing. It, last year they were the youngest team in the NHL, and everybody you know everybody's pointing at Craig Anderson saying like, "Boy, he's keeping the age up," but he's gone, and they're still the youngest team in the NHL by by quite a bit. So yeah, it's um, I don't know I, the, the inconsistency and all that stuff. I, I don't know. I think it, I think it just comes with comes with the territory with with how young this group is, and I, I know they've got the experience of last year to build on. But yeah, yes. Yeah, they 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 were going to be in a fight all year for the playoffs. This was not going to be an easy an easy year for them by any stretch.
1: Yeah, I mean you get two points in Toronto. You get one. I'll take one point in Carolina all the time, Joe. I mean mm-hmm. that's it, when you're on the road. But what happened last night against Philadelphia? Because I that that shouldn't be happening against a team uh, like Philadelphia. Friday night or Friday night. I'm sorry.
2: Well, the Philadelphia thing is is interesting because that was two games in a row of them not looking great. Um, UPL really bailed them out uh, in Philadelphia. He played he played outstanding. Um, and you know the the the, I, the thing I remember John Tortorella telling us before uh, before that game uh, in Buffalo on Friday was that you know as long as he, he said as long as we played the, the the way we played that that, that first game we'll be fine, you know, because that's the effort that we're looking for. And that's exactly what they did. And well, look at what happened. The, the pucks go in, um, but Buffalo wasn't able to put it, put much past, uh, Samuel Harrison and yeah, a uh, bad result turns in, turns in for the Sabres. So, you know, things like that are going to happen sometimes. And, you know, for whatever reason, and, you know, it, I think it's Torts' style of hockey and, and now he has his team's play, but that's a bad matchup for Buffalo. I mean, it was horrible for him last year. I mean, the, the Flyers were, were an awful team last season and they had their way with Buffalo every matchup. So uh, the the fact that they were able to, to split <laughs> that, that home and home set with them this year is uh, kind of an upgrade, I suppose, mm. um, even though. Uh, you could argue that they had no business winning the game in Philadelphia and they kind of got their just desserts, uh, at home against them. But, um, but those are the kinds of games and, and those, those, two, those kinds of games for me are the, are the big test for them because, you know, whether it's Philly or it's the Islanders or, oh, oh, excuse me, or sorry, I'm getting, getting, uh, getting, uh, liquid going down the wrong pipe here myself. Um, uh, it, it it's the kind of those are the kinds of matchups that just are are you know it's oil and water for the sabers cuz that's not that's not the way they want to play Ga teams like toronto that's more like how the Sabres want to play. And, and it shows because they look like a much better team against them.
0: Joe, uh, when the season began and, and the Sabres kind of made it known that they were going to carry three goaltenders, I think a lot of people assumed that Devin Levi was going to be the one and, and that you would have a pecking order with UPL and with Eric Comrie. And it, it sure seems like with Comrie being hurt, not available that you've got UPL and Devin Levi both both playing well. And, and I, I don't know. I mean, I feel like, and tell me if you agree with this, but in today's NHL, do you really need a one between the pipes? Can you settle with a one A and a one B and ride the hot hand through the course of the season? I feel like we've seen championship teams do that, especially as they get closer to the postseason.
2: I think if you have an absolute number one, that's great, and that makes that makes decisions a lot easier. Uh, but if you got two guys that can that can really go, um, getting that figured out. In the playoffs is is a, is a much bigger thing to to get a handle on, um, but in the regular season, it's a huge help uh, be, because you know guys are going to get in a rut, guys are going to cool off, and, and guys are going to get hot. And if you know, if you're finding a way to be able to flip the switch to ride the hot hand uh, at all times, boy that that makes that makes things a lot a lot easier on on both goalies and also on the coach too. Because he knows that he's if he's got two guys that can that can go and really carry things for for stretches of time that makes his that makes his job so much easier to do. So uh, getting being able to have have a situation where you have like a one a one b thing for the regular season is great. But once you get to the playoffs, oh boy, you know, you, you want to get that figured out. But like, you know, I, I think when it comes to the Sabers, one foot in front of the other right. before you know before before you start thinking like well. Uh, who's going to start game one for for, for Buffalo uh, right now? Because just get there and, and worry about that problem when when you have to worry about it. But um, but right now, I mean, listen, UPL is playing very well. Levi, I want to see more of him. I thought he played very well against Toronto. I know he gave up four, but I mean, listen, Austin Matthews is on some kind of crazy heater right now. So whatever, everything he shoots is going in. Mm. Um, so I, I, I want to see some more of him, but, uh, I, I like, I, you know, I, I like his game quite a bit, so I I'm, I'm eager to see see more games ahead of, ahead for him.
1: Joe Yurin from the Bleacher Report covering the Buffalo Sabers in the NHL at large. Um, Joe, I, I felt terrible for Brandon Byro, so somebody who couldn't enjoy the Amherst playoff run. And uh, how you know could his presence have made a difference? Probably a little bit uh, with the Amherst, yeah. but he works hard. He gets his call up, and there he is. Two goals, one really greasy goal where he's just kind of crashing well. the net. And then he gets hurt. So, where are we with? How did he get hurt, by the way? And, like, where do we kind to go from here? Are they telling us anything about uh, a return here?
2: I, I'm not sure where or when he got hurt. Uh, I don't know if this might be related to what kept him out of the Rochester lineup for a little bit there uh, before he was uh, called up to Buffalo. Uh, maybe just a re aggravation of, of what was going on there. Uh, I, I know that they were being careful with him. Um, you know, I said it was just, uh, Byro told me that it was just, uh, you know, just something Just uh, they wanted to make sure wasn't uh, going to get aggravated or anything. So that's that's what kept him out of the, the Amherst lineup. But, uh, but you know, playing in the NHL is, is tough. It's tough and physical. And uh, he certainly got knocked around a little bit there uh, in that game against Philadelphia, that first game against Philadelphia, if I'm, thinking, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, but he uh, but yeah, I, hopefully everything's okay there. Um, you know, I, I, I know they, they said it was upper body, so they're, they're trying to get it drilled down and figured out like what's going on with him. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's really unfortunate. I mean, geez, it, if it wasn't for bad luck, he'd have no luck at all right now. Cause uh, I mean, he gets a chance to, you know, to, to get back in the Sabre lineup, score a couple goals, gets it you know, gets the you know, on top of that. And right back out of action it's i just i feel so bad for him because it, because he is a good player he's a, he's a he's a very good player and you know you know getting knocked out of the lineup like that so quickly after having a great game but just thinks.
0: joe what about another uh, player who's coming off of injury i feel like we will always have our two winks with maddie savoy here yeah. in rochester what what's your projection <laughs> for savoy now as he gets the call up
2: Well, he's, I think we're going to see him this weekend at some point. I don't know if it's going to be Friday or Saturday. If I had to guess, I would say probably Friday. Um, I I know they would like to get him in the lineup, but uh, you know, they had a handful of guys uh, out of practice today, just maintenance day type stuff. Uh, Cheap plug for us. Thank you very much. But um, it was, uh, but we'll, we'll see what happens uh, tomorrow with practice because, you know, if, if any of, uh, Paterka or Tucker jost are, are still, still out of action and maybe, you know, maybe getting a little extra rest. Maybe that opens up another spot there. Otherwise, um, yeah, I mean, good luck figuring, figuring out how, how things are going to go with, with, with the lineup selection, just because, you know, we've seen so many, so many things get swapped around here with the guys being banged up and getting hurt and, and everything else. But, Uh, but I think we're going to see Savoy here very soon, and I'm, I'm anxious to get a look because I, I want to see what he can do with, with the, with the NHL guys because he looked very, very good playing with Yuri Kulik and Isak Rose. And so I, I want to see him, uh, you know, I mean, skated in Tuck's place on the top line today, so. I don't know. I, I don't think that's the spot for him right now. But who knows? Maybe, maybe that's where. Maybe that's where things are headed.
1: Yeah, one player I thought we would have seen a long time in Rochester. Not so much Ryan Johnson. Uh, pretty good <laughs> game right up. Have we seen the last of twenty-two-year-old Ryan Johnson here uh, in Rochester, Joe? <laughs> uh, I,
2: you know, I, I, I if you had asked me like a week, you know after he got called up to Toronto, I'd say I was like, oh, we will be back soon. Don't worry about it, but. Man oh man the, the the pass that he sent to Skinner in that game against the Maple Leafs so was so good. it was the pass and it was the control of the puck on the play that really stood out to me because that that kind of play was is one where a lot of younger guys would just get the get the puck on the stick and be like ah, I got to get rid of this right now uh just to get it out of trouble instead he just hangs onto it and then sees Skinner blasting up the wing and says all right let's go and then tape-to-tape tape pass, you know, from about 75 feet, 100 feet away, just perfect, and, and springs him for a goal. I mean, that was great, but but he goes from that to playing on the top pair with Dolly in, in, a, in a game, so it's, it's a heck of a graduation for him, and I, I don't know, man. I, I loved his game in the preseason. I loved his game in camp. Um, you know, going back to development camp back in July, uh, he seemed all kinds of nervous and I don't blame him, honestly. I mean, you know, he just, he just gets out of college. He's just getting set up. He was barely in Rochester after he had signed. Um, didn't get, I don't, he didn't get a chance to really play or practice all that much. Cause, uh, cause the, the playoff run was just about over by the time he got there. But, um, but he was all kinds of nervous in development camp and then prospect challenge shows up and man, he was automatically one of the best players, on the ice for him and that's including savoy including you know including benson all those guys so i don't know i, I want to say you're going to see him again but oh man it's it's going to be it's going to be real it's going to be really tough to send him back because he's looked he's looked like he's he does not miss the step at all
0: well play it out for us joe When when samuelson returns from his injury who do you have who's inactive and who gets sent down what do you think
2: it's it's really tough because because I mean Samuelson's gonna go back in the lineup I mean, yeah. that that's automatic um, and I mean, geez, now that you got me thinking about it logically, he, Johnson's probably going probably is gonna go back to mm-hmm. Rochester because uh, because because you're not gonna have him out of the lineup and just play you know being a healthy scratch in in Buffalo you're just not gonna do that. Um, because you need them playing games, you need them. You need to get, give them the ice time. You need them to do that. Um, you know that that's where that's where Jacob Bryson kind of kind of has to eat it a little mm-hmm. bit um, because you don't sign guys like Clifton and Eric Johnson to to not play them, and Yokoharu and Owen Power aren't coming out of the lineup, so it's kind of a squeeze. And I know they don't want to be playing eleven seven a lot, but I mean that's that's kind of where you're at. If you want to, if you want to get him ice time, is is to take a forward off the ice and put another defenseman out there. But I don't think that's really something they're they're really aiming to do. So, yeah, you're probably going to see him back. But boy, he's making he's making the case really tough. I, I you're if you want to get him in the Buffalo lineup more often, you got to move a guy or do something that's kind of out of bounds of what they really want to be doing. I don't really see that happening either way.
1: Which would bring us full circle. Uh, I mean, there's carrying three goaltenders, and they're all not healthy right now. I get that, but mm-hmm. when we get to that point, Joe, is that? I mean, for for a team like this, is that a luxury they can't afford?
2: It's 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 tough because they they unfortunately have that experience, and they've they've gotten that they've got a kind of rhythm to that in a way. I don't like it. It's not the, it's not, you know, maybe that's just the ancient traditionalist in me where it's, you know, keep two goalies and, and that's that. But, um, you know, the only place that I've ever seen teams keep three goalies is college. And the third guy is usually a walk on. That's just there as the emergency guy anyways. So um, in the pros, that's not the case because you've got three experienced guys, guys that can play. And it's, it's so tough it's so tough because you can't really rotate the three of them because then nobody gets a rhythm. And then if you got one guy getting, you know, 70, 65, 70% of your starts, the other two guys aren't really getting into a rhythm and they're fighting for fighting for those other starts. So I don't like it. I, you know, I gotta think, you know, they, they like having more options for, for substitutions and to, to be able to think of the lineup. Every coach does. But I just I just don't know what you're doing. There are teams that need goaltending. Edmonton needs goaltending like crazy. I don't know if maybe you're thinking about trading Comrie to there or what. I'm not sure what goes on. But um, one I, I, and I know there's injuries, you know, kind of all around. I know Tkarski's just getting back to action in Rochester, so you don't want to have a crowded house in Roch too. But you oh know, man, it's I gotta think there's gonna be a move, and I don't know if it means waving Comrie or make, or making a trade or what, but. It's it's not a great position. It's it's very awkward for everybody involved, from management to the players on down, because there's just no there's no way to come through, uh, come through having it be the best setup. Because if you end up trading a guy and that guy ends up going off and playing great somewhere else, and then you know if the two guys you keep are struggling, then it's then it looks bad for everybody once again.
0: Joe, I know that, that a lot of us will uh, look at the NHL schedule and, and talk about the playoff picture down the road, but we'll always remember how the Blues, the year that they won the Stanley Cup, were the worst team in the league and they found a way into the playoffs and they made the run and they win the cup and they do the whole thing. And we We don't have to relive that. I'm of the belief that if you're at or near playoff position by Thanksgiving, there's a pretty good chance. And I think the odds show that, that you will end up in the postseason. with that being said, and I look at the opponents here for the Sabres coming up, there's plenty of winnable games between now and Thanksgiving. Do you see a a pathway for the Sabres to be at or near some sort of playoff position here come Thanksgiving?
2: I, I do. Um, I do, and it's it's so tough because everybody's so tight to it right now, and they're going to be in a they're going to be in some kind of fight with teams, and it's not just it's not just for the wild card. I think that third spot in the Atlantic is is going to be kind of up for grabs too. Um, I mean, Boston is just I, I I knew I was right in not burying Boston, but I didn't think they were going to come out and be doing what they're doing yeah. again this year. I think that's, it's bonkers, but um but I think everybody else in the division, I think the, I mean, honestly, the, you're expecting Toronto to bounce back. I think, I think everybody's kind of expecting that to happen. Um I don't think anybody's expecting Detroit to stay where they're at, but you know, there they are. But I, I, everything is so wide open that you know, any hot streak is going to throw you right to the top of the top of the charts. And if you get cold for like a week, it's going to sink you down and everybody's going to be, you know, wondering when heads are going to roll. It's just going to be that kind of season for everybody. I mean, you know, everybody's really down on Ottawa right now and they've got injuries and they got, you know, they just, you know the GM just cost them a first round pick or the former GM anyways. So everybody's down on them, but geez, if they rattle off three wins in a row, they're right back, <laughs> right back in the, yeah. in the pile with everybody else. So it's going to be like that all season long. It's going to drive fans crazy. It's going to make, it's going to make everybody want to pull their hair out because they're going to be like, oh my God, we're down. We can't, this, this stinks. We can't do this. And then if you win four in a row, then suddenly you're thinking like, all right, all my first round, here we go. Let's do it. And yeah, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be nuts. <laughs> it's going to be nuts. And the East is just an absolute murder show for everybody. So it, it's going to be a real battle all around. And the the key is stay healthy. Try not to be streaky. Like, you know, you know, don't, don't, you know, don't win three, lose four, don't do stuff like that, but uh, try to keep it steady and and just stay, stay in the, stay in the mix and and try to get hot late in the season.
1: So coming in, you got one of these middling teams out West Minnesota on uh, on Friday night. They made a move today, Joe, Zach Bogosian still in this league. (laughs)
2: <laughs> he, uh, I mean, he was just in Tampa, and it's this is a weird set of moves for Minnesota, because they traded Kalen Addison to San Jose, and Addison was a big point-producing defenseman for him. He's young. He's 23, and it didn't really... I, I mean, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me to give up a guy like that to bring in Bogosian, because I mean, you know, listen, you know, Zach's older. I mean, listen, they, they wanted a bigger, meaner, tougher guy, because their PK is abysmal you want you want the sabers to fix their power play well the right teams coming into town on friday to help to help make it happen cuz the wild have not stopped anybody uh at all so uh, you know i they're expecting bogo to be able to help out with that but i mean i don't know man like bogo is having a tough time keeping up with with the with the sabers it's you know with tampa so i don't know how that's going to work out but i mean to give up Addison to do it and you know brock Faber's... And Brock Favre basically took the job away from him there, so so I understand it, but they might be getting Jared Spurgeon back on Friday. he's their captain big time you know big time point producer power play defenseman there, so uh so the wild might be getting a little bit better there, but I, I mean, gee whiz man I, it, I on its face, I don't understand it as far as what Minnesota's doing, but I mean listen, Bogo lives up in Minnesota in the off season now, so I don't know maybe maybe having having a guy come 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 home i suppose even though he's from messina uh you know upstate but uh i don't know i i don't get it i it doesn't make a lot of sense to me but the Wild are kind of scrambling on that end of the ice
0: joe uh great stuff as always from you always appreciate when you make some time to join us here in the sports bar i wanted to make sure you had time to let our audience know more about the work you're doing at bleacher report and of course the maintenance day podcast with our buddy lance as well
2: absolutely yeah yeah no uh, find my stuff at bleacher report i rated out some of the top rookies already through the first month. That's new up there today. Uh, go check that pay, that check that piece out. Also noted hockey.com. Subscribe to me there. Writing about the Sabres and and Amherst there as well.
1: Joe, appreciate it. And uh, last time I saw Joe was uh, he was covering the Bills Dolphins. And who, who knew the Bills were going to go sideways after that
2: day, Joe? I I mean, don't blame me for that. That is not my doing. <laughs> uh, the last time I saw the Bills in person, they just whooped up on Miami. So please, everybody leave me alone on
0: that one. <laughs> yeah, you got it, Joe. Hey, enjoy the rest of your week and thanks for the time, bud.
2: Hey, thanks guys. Thanks for having me. Joe Yarden,
0: Bleacher Report, noted jerk, noted hockey. The website to check out where Joe is reporting on the Sabers, and of course you can uh, check out the Maintenance Day podcast with Lance Lesowski as well.
1: Yeah, you think that the Amrick started the season with Byro and Johnson on the roster? Yeah, and like it's like yeah. I think we see Johnson again. I think when
0: Samuelson gets healthy, Johnson comes back down,
1: or and, there'll be another injury that solves the problem temporarily. Yeah, injury. Yeah.
0: Yes, of course, but, you know you've got he's right, you've got Clifton, you've got Johnson in there, Eric Johnson in there, um, and and you know we haven't seen a lot of Jacob Bryson. And I think that's probably a good thing. <laughs> I don't think we want to see a lot of Jacob Bryson. So he's been kind of eating that up uh, as the inactive, the majority of the, the season. Um, and, and you up, you upgraded. You upgraded your blue line with those two signs, with Clifton, with Johnson. You're a better blue line than what you have out there with Bryson. But he's I, an I, odd man
1: out. You have enough time in between last night and Friday night, come back home, you practices Friday night, yeah, that's a you should win this game against Minnesota. You
0: know, when you look at their schedule, yeah. you know, between now and Thanksgiving, the rest of the month, there's there's a lot of winnable games there against opponents that you should should be able to win. But if you look at what they've done here in the last few weeks, I mean, it is really a roller coaster. Win one, lose one, win one, lose one, win two, lose one, lose two, win one. It's they're a 500 team. And I think given what we thought what our expectation was, uh as long as they're not rattling off Large chunk losing streaks the way they did last year. The, the losing streak last year cost them the playoff spot. Stay consistent. Stay steady. I, I like what I'm seeing so far from the Sabres this
1: season. Yeah, that schedule, so everybody knows. Minnesota Friday. They go to Pittsburgh. and you, Look, that's a team that you should compete with. Beat the against. Penguins. Okay, Boston. That's the tough, tough one. Okay, at Winnipeg, at Chicago, and then the Wednesday before Thanksgiving at Washington. What win five of six? I mean, you could win five of those six. You're yeah,
0: on the road, four yeah. of six. Okay, uh, even if you did four of six, that's that's nice. That puts you yeah. in a good spot, right? Um, good stuff there from Joe Yurdin. Love uh, his coverage of the Sabers. Love his coverage of the NHL, and always appreciate when he stops by to enlighten us here in the Sports Bar with Danger and a Happy hour is on the way next. And you can join us on the Good Smoke Barbecue and Pub Wingman line. That number is five eight five eight six six four F A N five eight five eight six six four three two six. We'll get to a couple of news and notes from around the NFL as Week Ten gets set to start. Got tomorrow the the game that Gene's been waiting for all season: the Panthers in Chicago to take on the Bears.
1: <laughs> Wait. They they still have a football team in Chicago? They they
0: do, actually, actually, yeah. I'm shocked as well. Uh, We'll get to a round of shots as well. We'll go around the world of sports and and get you caught up on everything that you may have missed the last 24 hours. Stay on the sports later. 95.7 FM and AM 950. The Fan, Rochester.
3: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai.